welcome. It's Drop the Subject with Allie and James Simmons. Welcome to all of the John Duran fans out there. Hope uh, we are a, a nice close second for your listening pleasure today. And it is Good Friday, though a lot of people on Twitter say that it should be called a Bad Friday. Because if you think about it, James, this was not a great Friday for Jesus. No, no, I I've always wondered that. Even as a kid, you know, I grew up as a pastor's kid. I don't right. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, so yeah. I've always you know lots of church involved in my life, and it was very uh, important for a long time in my life and and whatever. But I always wondered like, why do we call this Good Friday? Because um, it wasn't. No, no, today was a really <laughs> crappy day for Jesus. Uh, And and there wasn't any turning it around into a good day where they're like, "Mm, why don't you just embrace that you're in a bad mood? No, his day was awful. (laughs) Right. There's no like inspirating, you know, inspirational memeing your way out of this one. (laughs) Exactly. There's no no cat hang in there memes. Nothing's going to help. Uh, (laughs) It was a bad day. It started off bad and it ended bad. And I actually looked up. I'm glad you asked why you call it Good Friday, because I looked it up. Uh huh. Oh yes, Allie. Why do we call it Good Friday? Well, Pastor Son, let me ask the question and educate <laughs> for our you. listeners. Uh huh. Good means holy, mm-hmm. and so they are using the Good Friday like they would use in the Crucible, like Goody Proctor and Good Sata and Good Goody Good Good. It's right. all of the the religious good, like they call the Bible the good book. The it good is the book. holy mm-hmm. book. Yeah, the the uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's like a good holy type thing. So that's yes. why it's it's a holy Friday. Not yes. it wasn't a good Friday by any stretch. <laughs> it wasn't like oh yay, this is fantastic. Yeah, like good is not synonymous with with fantastic and fun. This was good is synonymous with holy. Like wow, this was one of the biggest. This this was it. Like this is Christianity, right? If right? you are someone who is Christian, you believe that Jesus died for your sins, and today's the day he died. So like pretty big deal. And was the Last Supper today or was it yesterday? Because so, he knew he was going to die, so he had a, <laughs> he had like a last din-din with his friends. Right. But I can't remember if that was supposed to, because I went to Catholic high school and I know that they drilled all this into our heads. And Good Friday, a day like today was like a big day at school. Right, um, right. But, and I, I'm pretty sure we all got out early on a day like today, but I can't remember if the Last Supper was... The day of or the day before when he was like, okay, have some blood, have some body. Right. Well, that's so have you do you remember Monday, Thursday, which also sounds like super funny and weird because when you're a kid, you think people are saying Monday, Thursday. But the, it's M-A-U-N-D-Y, Monday, oh, Thursday. I, I was like, Monday, Monday, Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. <laughs> right. Jesus, it's Last Supper. Don't miss out. Uh, and it sounds like man, it spells like man day. Ma- yeah, M-A-U-N-D-Y. Oh, oh Ma- M-A-U. Okay, M-A-U-N-D-Y. Okay. Uh, Monday, Thursday, is the... Uh, it's when we recognize the Last Supper. So it literally was the dinner, the supper, the night before. Oh, so it was the night before. Okay. It was okay. the night before. Now, Got if it. you go... So, like, my uncle, my mother, are both pastors, like, we're, we're like... Super United Methodisty folks. They both went to like seminary, this whole jam. If you talk to people who are biblical scholars and religious scholars, they will tell you that it, it, it wasn't in lockstep like this. Like the Last Supper did not just happen the night before and blah, blah, blah. Like getting all 12 together was something of a feat. 
Well, yeah, because of scheduling, you know, I mean, it's harder to get a hold of people in those times. (laughs) Right. You couldn't just text everybody or put them on video chat and be like, hey, I need you all to come over. Yeah, like Zoom dinner. It doesn't work like that. And so it probably took a long time. There are some people that probably lived in different areas and then you have to go send a carrier pigeon to, to let them know about the dinner. So you're yeah, that makes a lot of sense that it wouldn't just happen consecutively. Yeah. And it may it may have actually happened. It probably did happen very close to Good Friday, what what we now call Good Friday, the, the day that Jesus died. But it, it may not have been just the night before. Like they didn't just call and get reservations at Olive Garden and then like, you know, eat up. And then, you know, like, God, the night what before. a bad last supper. <laughs> <laughs> no, no offense. Or breadsticks. Um, right. Sure. Um, yeah. More body. No. <laughs> but blood of Christ. Me really, really no. gassy. <laughs> um, well, you know, happy Good Friday to anyone who celebrates and happy Passover to anyone who uh, who celebrated Passover. Uh, talked to a lot of friends who went to Zoom Seders this week, which I'm sure is kind of tough to have to make those adjustments. And, you know, this yeah. is a time where we all want to be with our families. And so it, it is tough to, you know, go through these religious uh, holidays uh, kind of alone. Not kind of, definitely alone. And so, uh, I, you know what I'm going to do this weekend? What? Please do tell, Allie. Well, you know what I've opted to do is I I was trying to plan more in advance for this weekend and say, okay, because like the last few weekends, it's just been cleaning or fixing things and waking up with this kind of like, "Mm, what should I do now? So we decided to plan it out a little more Uh and we decided, all right, what would we do on any other given weekend? Well, we'd probably want to give ourselves a spa day after all this. So we're going to do an at-home spa day. Very nice. And we're going to take turns giving each other like massages and facials. And then on Sunday, I am going to organize a virtual Easter egg hunt. (gasps) Wait, what? Virtual? How does this happen? Can other people play along? Where do you hide the eggs? This is like, do tell. As it was coming out of my mouth, I realized I don't know how other people can get involved. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, hey, I'm going to tell thousands of people we're having a virtual Easter egg hunt and you're not invited. No, you are invited. (laughs) I just I have to figure out the logistics because I don't know. I know what I'm going to hide in the eggs and I know when I'm where I'm going to hide them. I'm just wondering how people can participate if they are going to tell me where to look and it's going to be kind of a hot cold situation oh i'll work out the logistics a little later but happy easter and happy passover to everybody and uh happy friday just in general james simmons and ali return with uh some interesting an interesting uh, aspect of coronavirus Uh, does gender matter are some people uh less likely or more likely to contract covid19 uh if they are male or female we'll talk about that when we get back you're listening to drop the subject drop the subject the new channel q hey drop the subject welcome all you john duran fans hopefully we will keep you company over the next couple of hours in a good way not in a bad way not in like a oh are you gonna invite linda to the party kind of way (laughs) Uh, does linda always have to come Jeez. yes linda always has to come Um, But Allie and James Simmons are here. We want to let you know about a cool thing that we are doing here on the airwaves today. Frontline Friday. It is something that uh, Radio.com, Intercom, and uh, Channel Q are all participating.
participating in. And it's basically what we're doing is we're going to help some of the frontline healthcare workers by donating to them today. Um, and this is helping people at Cedar Sinai. And um, <clears throat> if you Venmo at Two Hungry LA Gals, you can donate to some of the frontline healthcare workers. And, uh, you know, we can bring them a little extra love at a time like this because let's face it, they need it. Yeah. And listen, I will tell you, I had someone the other day ask me about, oh, I want to send food to this such and such hospital. And what do I do? And da, da, da. And they were getting really picky about the food. And they were like, well, how are you going to be able to eat pizza? It's messy. And I, so my, my response to everyone is, by the way, so we don't eat in patient care areas. It's not like we're walking around with lasagna, like in a room, <laughs> obviously. Also, we have been trained. Part of like nursing and med school is figuring out how to eat absolutely anything and everything whenever you get a moment to. So you're literally like squirting packets of hot sauce in your mouth, like while you're like running through the hallway, like what, not the hallway, but like in the break room or whatever. So don't worry. Don't try to like master plan a menu. We will figure it out. If you want to send like ramen and sushi to us, we will figure out a way to eat it. Obviously simpler things are better. But, you know, a good old pizza, like we will throw it in the break room and trust me, that pizza will be gone in 17 minutes. Okay, so it's not like a build your own taco requires more work, but you will still do it if it's a free we taco. We will figure it. Uh, trust me, we will figure it out. We now, just wh- want want to be fed. What is the ideal? I mean, I feel like everybody always opts for pizza because it's the easiest thing. But uh-huh. what what like if can people Venmo you? What do you want? Oh, what, what do I want specifically? Um, I was going to say lipo, but I'm trying really hard not to like body shame. <laughs> I do also have this thing like this is when we're not in pandemic times. Mm-hmm. I sort of have a thing that like for some reason, nurses and physicians and, and healthcare workers, we tend to have these meetings with food and the food tends to be bad. Like, I, I think this is the funniest thing. Like, well, you know what? Hey, let's not get pizza for our meeting as healthcare providers, because that's not like, right. Like we should live our we should practice what we preach, practice right? What we preach. Right. Thank you. So, but literally in times of pandemic, no, it doesn't matter. Just no. whatever you feel. Like. If you got a good sandwich shop, send some sandwiches. If you got a good pizza joint, send some pizza. If you like, whatever, like we will eat it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no one has food allergies. Everyone yeah, will figure it, it, it out. Does, and they'll deal. And that's, that's the best place to have a food allergy is in a hospital. We can do something about it. <laughs> that's true. It's the safest place to get a, to get, to have a reaction. Right. Now, let's talk about this, this interesting article, but it's, it's, it's on Vox. But I think that this topic has come up several times, at least when I'm reading about coronavirus and how it can spread and who's more likely to contract it. It says, why are fewer women dying from coronavirus? And I wonder what your thoughts are as a nurse practitioner, but it says being a male is more of a risk factor than it is if you are a woman. And I know we talked last week or the week before about how men are less likely to wash their hands or wash their wash their hands as effectively. Does that play into it when it comes to contracting the virus or is it that old, oh, women always live longer type of thing? Uh, Yes and yes. Uh, So there are some genetic factors at play here, some like gender difference factors at play here, and some behavioral factors at play here. Also, I feel like this might, this comes up a lot when I talk about COVID-19. So I know people are probably tired of hearing this. I'm sorry, but we just don't know for sure. (laughs) 
Stop with the I don't know. With it, oh Jesus! How do you not know about this virus? It's we only gave been you around pizza. for pizza. Right. <laughs> for six months. That's funny. So their researchers do think, by the way, that there is a uh, there's an XX chromosome issue going on here and that that other X contains a lot more of the immune response than a Y. So if you were born someone born with an XY, which is typically we assign that male typically at birth. Uh, you have less of a robust immune response than someone born with an XX, and that's thought to have something to do with uh, having to manufacture uh, another human life, right? That you need that sort of extra protection. And we need more of those antibodies. Yeah, well, and just all of that yummy, juicy goodness that goes along with like an immune response. So what's happening is people with XX chromosomes that we generally assign female at birth probably have an earlier immune response to this um, and in a more aggressive immune response. And in some cases, that's a good thing. Now, in some cases, it's bad to have an overwhelming immune response. Like, are you ready? This is where I'm going to get everyone crazy. In other viral flus... An overwhelming immune response is actually bad. It's actually the thing that can make you sicker, which is why we're like, well, okay, the the data is very clear. We have to go by the numbers. Men who get COVID-19 are dying more frequently than women. So there's something going on with this. Could be this XX immune response versus XY immune response thing. Could also be that more men tend to smoke and for longer. Um, Oh, interesting. And so particularly in other parts of the world, smoking rates in the United States tend to be higher for men as well. But in other parts of the world, like China, for instance, smoking rates among men are way higher than they are among women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or do you think it could play into, I don't want to go to the doctor, like I'm, you know, that kind of. Totally. Which is why, you know, that's. That feeds into the why people who are assigned male at birth tend to live four to five years less than people assigned women. So, yeah. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. Uh, well, you know, we uh, it took us a while to get the vote, but we've got this, ladies, huh? All right. When we get back, <laughs> we are going to uh, continue our conversation. Um, there is another article that I found that I have a question about for James Simmons, nurse practitioner. Um, let's send him some pizza and we'll get into this next. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject on the new channel Q. James Simmons, pleasure to guest co-host with your Allie Johnson. Allie, I've been here all week. How I know. That? Five days. You're not in a sick row. of me yet, are you? No, no, absolutely not. And I hope that John Duran's listeners are not sick of us so far. We know that John is normally on during this time, but we are um, also pleasured to be bringing you Drop the Subject, and we hope you enjoy it. As always, if you uh, have feedback for us, we have fun games, a quarantine scavenger hunt. It's Frontline Friday, and you can check out what that's all about on our social medias at DTS Show. Um, and so right now, one of the oddest things seems to be happening in the world, Allie, and you brought this up, and I'm so glad that you did. In the middle of a global viral health pandemic, hospitals are laying people off. Yeah. And um, my question to you, James, is why the F is that happening? Because <laughs> it seems like, yes, there are a lot of people getting laid off right now and furloughed. But they're in tourism industries or, you know, it's like Yelp and Airbnb or people who are in the gig economy. You wouldn't think that hospital workers would be lumped into the thousands and millions of layoffs that are going on right now. So why? Why? (laughs) It it does seem 
completely counterintuitive, doesn't it? So, uh, again, a lot of people are may, may not like this answer. Okay, you may you, not that that I'm bringing you something controversial, but you might not like hearing this. At the end of the day, healthcare is an industry uh, that needs to make money. It is a business. Unfortunately, right? We don't have nationalized healthcare. Not a 501c3. It is is not. Well, and lots of them, there are lots of not-for-profit hospitals, but they need to keep the lights on and pay people. And there's all these different factors that go into it. So what most people also don't realize is that elective procedures and surgeries tend to be the biggest moneymakers that help hospitals stay open. Most clinics operate right at their margin, like, or right at their flat line. Like that's it. You, you, you about enough money coming in is how you're going to pay everybody and keep the lights on and keep your office supplies, whatever. It's the hospitals that then support some of these clinics that make the money so that there is, you know, profit for the hospital and they can hire people and make, you know, changes and bring in new equipment and et cetera. Well, there's no elective procedures going on. There are no surgeries going on. Most hospitals right now are only functioning at a capacity to handle COVID-19 patients and any other critically ill, life-saving, emergency type of situations. So the biggest income stream for most hospitals is not coming in right now. So you wanting lipo would actually save us all. <laughs> it would save some jobs. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Okay. I didn't realize that boob jobs were helping the healthcare well, industry as and, much as they really were. And not even necessarily boob jobs. So, for instance, I'll talk about, you know, at my hospital, we do a lot of really fun, like interesting, unique procedures. And there are some there's some really aggressive therapies that we do for pancreatic and liver cancers that require interventional radiology and a specialist and all of these things. And then we watch them overnight and whatever they can shrink tumors and we can freeze them and do all this stuff. It's great. It's not considered life or death. Like, are you going to die in this moment if you don't have this procedure? So people need the procedure for sure. And it's going to help hopefully in some instances be curative of their liver cancer, pancreatic cancer, or other cancers, but we're not doing those procedures right now. Well, those are very unique specialized procedures that I guess I just have to say it this way, make a lot of money for the hospital. And so even if, you know, we joke about boob jobs and lipo or whatever, but there's so many other things that happen that are kind of in the elective category that are really the things that keep hospitals lights on. Well, you're, you're, Is it because, like, even something like that, is it because it's not being paid for by any insurance company? It's just not being done. Like, how does... So it's just okay. not, it's just it's a service. Oh, so that you is, have to pay out of pocket in order to perform that that no that no no no. It's, it's being paid by an insurance company, but the insurance company isn't paying the hospital for it right now because the procedure's not being done. Because nobody's getting any procedures that I are see. like either not COVID nineteen related or not going to keep you alive for the next twenty four hours. Like that is it. And so, really, hospitals have just basically turned into big ERs. And then their ICUs are, are probably busy. And then one or two medical floors where they manage COVID-19 patients that aren't ICU level of sick. Otherwise, all these clinics, all these surgery rooms, all these uh, interventional radiology suites, all these other things, the pharmacists, the support care people, all of that. None of those people 
are needed right now because none of these things are actually happening in hospitals. So if it's if it was a specialist that was, quote, non-essential right now, like a dermatologist or a podiatrist or a physical therapist, they're not seeing as many clients right now because no one is going to a hospital or a doctor's office unless they really, really need to. So people like that are not making money right now. Or do they get money regardless of just like, hey, I'm a dermatologist. If I'm in the office, I'm getting paid. Uh, so it, it there's a little bit more to that. So it depends on uh, if they're employed by the hospital, if they're employed by a physician group, et cetera. Some of those people are not working because dermatology on the whole is not considered like an, an essential function, right? Now, some dermatologists are seeing patients virtually, and then you can bill insurance companies for that and whatever. But in an hospital system where this is primarily happening, hospital workers, you're like, why are they getting fired? Well, there's no dermatology clinics that are attached to hospitals aren't actually seeing patients. They're not taking new patients right now. They might be following up with some old ones virtually, um, but they're not, they're not doing procedures. They're not doing biopsies. They're not doing any of that stuff. Does, does, does that sort of make sense? Right. So they wouldn't be, so they would also be kind of hurting as well right now, yeah, right? Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a really big deal that there are, you know, physicians and nurses and all these people who are actually hurting financially right now because they're not part of that essential crew of people that need to keep the hospital open and prepare for COVID-19 at the same mm -hmm. time, we have to keep everyone sort of around if, and when this big surge of patients come. Right, exactly. Well, I mean, one of the more awkward video visits that I could think of is a dermatology virtual appointment. <laughs> You're like looking in someone's window and they're holding up their shirt and being like, what's this mole? Uh, weird times we live in. Well, uh, we have more to give you. We have some quarantine thoughts, a brand new one. And uh, I'm going to give you some information on what we're doing later in the show. A play, an Easter spectacular. We'll tell you about that after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. You know, I'm particularly excited about the show today, James. I well, please uh, tell me why. Because it's is it because it's Friday? Well, it is Good Friday or Bad Friday, as Twitter would suggest. But it is also in celebration of Easter because a lot of people are not able to go to church and or spend time with their families this weekend. I thought it would be a great idea to bring an Easter story to the airwaves of Channel Q. So we have decided to reenact the empty tomb story from... From Easter. From Easter. It's like from what? <laughs> from, from the Bible? The Bible? Right. Yeah. So it's Drop the Subjects Easter Spectacular. Uh, we are going to be assigning roles. I believe Jesse will be playing Mary Magdalene. So if you want to stick around, we will be giving you the story of the empty tomb so that you can have a taste of Easter while in Coratine. While, while in quarantine. Oh, this is going to be amazing. I am super looking forward to this. Whether you are into the Easter story or not, I guarantee you it will be a, a, uh, a gay old time. Absolutely. Um, and we also want to give you a new quarantine thoughts because let's face it, stoner thoughts and just weird thoughts are going through your mind right now when you're in quarantine. Uh, you see it as an example every single day when I misspeak and blame it on quarantine brain. <laughs> but um, there's also, you know, a lot of people have been having more vivid dreams during a time like this mm. because and, and researchers are saying it could be a result of changing in sleep schedules because most people have vivid dreams during the REM sleep 
phase and they tend to have longer and deeper REM cycles as the night progresses. So if somebody's waking up in the middle of a REM cycle, they're more likely to remember those dreams. And we're changing our sleep schedules right now. You might be sleeping more. You might be sleeping at different times of the day or just kind of whenever you want because you're like, I feel like sleeping right now. I'll go to sleep right now. (laughs) I'm just going to sleep right now. Yeah. Yeah. So you might be having more vivid dreams and you might be having just weird ass thoughts. So this is Quarantine Thoughts. Drop the Subject presents Quarantine Thoughts. Do peanut butter and broccoli go together? They're the only two things I have left. Why didn't I grab those chicken cutlets when I was at Costco last month? They were sitting right there. This is actually really good. This has been Quarantine Thoughts by Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject, the new Channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie Johnson and James Simmons. That's correct. That's what you're listening to right now. And if it was a mistake, sorry, but stick around. You might like what you hear. And if you not, just might. Yeah. go F yourself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we really do want you to. I mean, you can F yourself, but also keep listening. Actually, Fing yourself is what a lot of people are doing right now. So yeah. Hello. Um, hello. Um, Allie Johnson. It's a name that I was born with, but it's also I'm not the only person with that name. And I do have a name twin. Do you? Uh, I do. I have there is there's actually a group for my name on Facebook, which I've been invited to. So there are several. Uh, Yes, but I don't I don't know someone at this point in my life with the same name. Okay, the reason I bring it up is because there's this guy named Davon Clark and he ran into his name twin and it was funny at first and now it's sort of been ruining his life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Well, he said, when I bumped into the other Davon Clark in college, it was really funny. And friends were confused when our dating profile, like uh, when we had dating profiles up, it was really weird. But then he started getting in trouble with the cops and my life started falling apart. Oh, God. I mean, this also has a racial aspect to it, right? Uh, Davon is a black guy. And when you are being accused of doing something that you didn't do, it often... Ends badly for a person of color, right? So this has a lot of weight to it. But he starts off with just kind of a funny story saying that he was walking out of of class one day. He pulled his phone out of his pocket and there were a bunch of missed calls from his girlfriend and she was demanding to know why he was on Tinder. And one of her friends was claiming that she had found him on Tinder and was like, your man's on Tinder. You need to call him and yell at him. And so she was calling him and bitching him out. And he had to go through this whole process to prove that it was the other Davon Clark. Um, But then Uh, this guy started getting in trouble with the law and it just became this whole big thing. But... Have you ran into any situations where having a name twin or having a snafu with your name twin ended badly? Uh, Almost, kind of, yes. So, you know, we do things in life when we're younger that you kind of know. You're you're like, in the moment, you're like, I know this is a bad idea, but you can't help yourself from doing it. So you're saying that the other James Simmons has been... (laughs) 
oh, upset it, about what you've been doing. N- no, n- not quite. No, ultimately, I still end up being the good guy in the story, okay. I think. Yeah, no, I do. So I was in a relationship with an older man when I was in my middle 20s. And okay. I had good credit. <gasps> and Past tense. this That's not person, good. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, my credit is good again. Thank you. Thank you very much. After a lot of work, <laughs> um, this man had a lot of money, but not very good credit. So he needed to buy a new car and he didn't want to buy it outright. He wanted to finance it to build, rebuild his credit. So he bought a, an expensive car, but needed a co-signer because oh. he didn't have a lot to put down. So entre me who does not have the income, but does have the great credit score. Like, I think I was like pen. literally 26 and banging like a 780, 800 credit score, right? Well, like, it was good. Because I had a couple credit cards that paid off. You know, like, I was doing good. So I, dumb dumb, after being in a relationship with this person for six months, co-signed a car loan. <laughs> Fun. Okay. I'm sure so, that turned out well. Yeah, that was great. So uh, when we broke up several months later... We agreed that he would just always pay the car note on time and I would stay on and it would just be all good. Okay. And it actually ended up helping my credit because he really did pay the car note on time all the time. He then sold the car four years later to someone named James Simmons. Whoa. Do you think he did that on purpose? James Simmons... I don't think so. I don't actually think that he knew that he was selling it to someone named James Simmons. I think it ended up happening like through a third party or something, but that James Simmons got like tens, like 20 different parking tickets in the city of Chicago. (laughs) And because James Simmons rogue via some right mix up in the system of the Chicago parking and the Illinois license plate registration and whatever, all those parking tickets started coming to me and they put a a boot on my car, a boot, a boot. And like I would, they were literally like, you owe us like $4,000 in parking (gasps) tickets. And I was like, what? And they're like, you're, you know, nine, 2000, whatever, da da da, da has 4,000. I'm like, I don't own that car. And they're like, your name is James Simmons. And James Simmons is, was on the title of this car. It was, it's a, it was a mess. Oh, and it that's took, the type of mess that, you know, the DMV does not know how to fix. Oh no. And they are not having it. They're yeah, like, like well, even you, you explaining that to them, they would be no. like, next. <laughs> they're like, no, they're like, oh yeah, I'm sure there's someone else with James your name who owns. Yeah. No, it really was other James Simmons. So after not having seen this man for like five years, I finally had to like call him, track him down. We had to go to the DMV together, do this whole thing, talk to the city of Chicago, like whatever. It was a mess. It took like a year to clear up. Why would the other James Simmons want to clear that up? No. Well, right. Exactly. It wasn't him. This is what I'm saying. We couldn't get that James Simmons involved. So I had to call my ex is what I'm saying. And my oh, ex had to be like. Oh, you both went in. I see. Yeah, okay. me and my ex. And oh, okay. he had I thought to, you had like, to get had to the other in. James Simmons. No, no, no. The, my ex was like, oh, yeah, the, no, we used to be together. He co-signed the loan, but I sold the car. It ended up with a guy named Jay. Yeah, it was a whole, it was a mess. Wow. It so you eventually mess. got out of the tickets, but it took yes. some convincing. Yeah. Name twin can really be a good thing or a bad thing. For me, it ended up being a good thing because yeah. there's another Allie Johnson who is a Playboy playmate. And that's indirectly what got me involved in radio. She was super cute, super hot. And I saw, I found, because I typed in 
Allie Johnson and her name came up and I was like, well, who the hell is this? And uh-huh. she was a super hot Playboy playmate and she, I saw her Playboy audition tape and so I decided to recreate it in my own way and it was my audition <laughs> for being a Playboy playmate and um, my my friend who produced the video was like, let's send it to Playboy and I was like, all right, go for it. And they called me and said, we want to talk to you. And they brought me in for what was the strangest job interview I've ever been in. I had to take pictures. It it was very strange. But then eventually I talked to the head of the uh, podcast, the the radio station. And they were like, we want more content. We want you to do a podcast. And then that's where I met Kevin. And that's how I got involved in radio. So she actually, yeah. uh, What what was a, a search that I thought was... Uh, like uh, gonna be a problematic for me we're like oh okay uh-huh. you know if I tell people I'm Allie Johnson I'm a creator and I'm a comedian or whatever they're just gonna see this playmate and be like well I don't know who you're talking about uh, but now <laughs> now I think I come up before she does so hey hey look at that hey what's and up no, name no, twin right no nudity is needed too you, you still dominate those search results oh I'm actually naked right now drop the subject the new channel Q All right, getting loopy here on this Good Friday Drop the Subject with Allie and James Simmons. Not the James Simmons who got a bunch of parking tickets, uh, but it is the Allie Johnson from the Playboy magazine. So, hey, oh. Hey, oh. I mean, I Uh, did end up actually getting parking tickets later on in life, just saying, but you know. We're not going to talk about that. Well, you know what? I, I, not to get off subject right away, but I pride myself in being the person who can get out of parking tickets because I am a master letter writer. And when you get that ticket and they say, if you'd like to contest, go ahead and send a letter here. I will do it 100% of the time. And I've gotten out of our last four parking tickets. Hey, there you go. All right. I need to take lessons for you, too, because I'm also the person like, oh, whatever. And I throw it in the back seat. Yeah. And then like 18 months later, there's a cop standing at my door. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> no, I'm the I'm the I, I tap into my middle aged ask for the manager white lady. I was just going to say, are you like, are you like barbecue Becky? It was Becky, a federal like... holiday when I looked it up on this DMV website. Like I will, Can I speak my to vehicle manager, was parked on the, so- yeah, I'm like yeah. a very. <laughs> Good for you. Um, okay. Now let's get to a segment that we've done once or twice on the show before. And uh, it's called, you are the worst. Tell him first that you are the worst. Yeah, all right. You are the worst. Yes, there are people doing some terrible things in the world right now, but who is the worst? We will compare by bringing you two stories of people doing super douchey things in America, and then we will nitpick it and decide who's the worst of the worst. Are you ready to hear these stories, James? I'm totally ready and totally already disgusted. Shame, 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 shame on both of these stories. Both of them, this is going to be a very difficult one because both of these stories are awful. Let's start with the people that are now deciding to lure Instacart sho- uh, lure Instacart shoppers into their homes with big tips and then at the last minute changing them to zero. Come on, you have got to be kidding me. 
As you know, a lot of Instacart delivery drivers are having a hard time right now. They are trying to strike. They are doing sick outs. They are not happy with the fact that they have to go to people's homes every single day, put themselves in harm's way, and they're not being given the resources or the pay that they deserve. And how do the good people of America react by luring them in with really nice tips and then changing them? One Instacart shop uh, worker named Annalisa, she accepted a recent grocery order that came through with a big tip of $55. The store that's a, was That's a lovely tip. I mean for a grocery delivery? Yeah, that's great. I'd be like sign me up. I know, I'm like wait, should I start working for Instacart? <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. The store was just down the street. Everything the customer wanted was available. The order seemed to go off without a hitch. An hour later, Annalisa checked her earnings on the Instacart app after she dropped off the groceries and the entire tip was gone with a message saying that the customer modified the tip post delivery. She ended up making she ended up making $8.95 from the Insta- from Instacart on the Get out. You know what? I I can't. Like humanity we got enough crap going on in the world. And then for people to pull a stunt like this, like here's the thing. Some Instacart person is gonna eventually get your order. Why even do this? Like it doesn't, it doesn't, does, is there anything about how this caused the order to come faster or something? And oh, by the way, why do you need it faster? Where are you going? You're staying at home. Like, don't be a douche. Well, and you're trying to keep yourself healthy by not going to the grocery store right so then you're asking somebody else to do your literal dirty work for you and putting them at the risk that you didn't want to take which of course yes getting groceries delivered is going to be a safer thing for you and your household but then to offer a false reward to that person for picking up your groceries Uh is ridiculous to me and if you're going to leave a uh, like, don't do a $55, like, just give them a $15 tip or something like that. Like, give them what you feel like you can spare. Don't promise this astronomical tip, because there's nothing worse than thinking you're going to get more money than you actually get. That It's it's really pretty freaking awful. I actually don't. I'm really curious to hear the next story, because I'm not sure that the, anyone can top that. Right, like, that's hold on. horrible. Hold on, James. <laughs> <laughs> because this next story comes out of San Francisco and you know San Francisco there one thing that people love to do there is break into people's stuff whether it's uh. a car or a store or a home break-ins are always a huge problem in San Francisco and restaurant and bar break-ins are on the rise in San Francisco because all of the restaurants and bars are closed right now or they've switched mm-hmm. to take out delivery and bottle service or they've I mean a lot of them have shut their doors completely and what are people saying oh great this is a great opportunity for me to start breaking into these restaurants that might not even be able to reopen because they're going through months of closures and losing money and revenue every single day why don't i take advantage of this and just break in and steal anything that's worth something can you imagine being a restaurant owner and being rot and just like you're you're distraught enough and you've had to lay off all of your staff pretty much save maybe one to two people if you're open for takeout then you're sitting there at home trying to strategize on how you can even stay open and then you realize you get a call from the police that your place has been broken into and everything that you had of value that's left is now gone 
Yeah. I mean, if your soul and spirit hadn't been crushed enough by, I don't know, a global pandemic. And then, like you said, not making any money, laying off your entire staff, having an incredibly uncertain future, which is like the worst thing. Right. Just the uncertainty of all of this. And then someone break break in. Like, I almost feel like the humanity part of this one like touches me more the anger in the first one like I want to find these people from the Instacart and I want to go like "Mm." okay so you're going Instacart fake tippers just because of the sheer anger reaction that you have where you you have the desire to go find this person and shake them it's, it's just it feels to me more visceral it feels to me like so not that like breaking in isn't premeditated but like the instacart thingy feels feels so premeditated and just so intentionally malicious so yeah i think what i'm gonna go for is i think my pick is gonna be the restaurant break-ins because people are i mean i i i have firsthand been broken into many times in san francisco so i have a visceral reaction when it comes Mm. to that and then to have these people who are I mean, a lot of these restaurants I've been to and to see them saying, oh, you know, I my place got broken into two days ago and now I have five thousand dollars of damage that I have to deal with. That makes my skin crawl and I'm going restaurant break ins. But the important thing is that you also have a say in this. We're going to put both of these uh, stories up on Twitter and on Instagram for your voting, because we want to know who is the worst. The people who are offering Instacart shoppers fake tips and then changing them to zero when they actually get their groceries delivered. That's James's pick or my pick, which is the restaurant break ins that are on the rise, the thieves that are taking advantage and looting when people have to close their restaurants and possibly lose them forever uh we want to hear from you who's the worst this week all right um or is it us if you just so you know you're tuning in for the first time and you're like this is awful um you know we can maybe that's your decision as well um we'll have more drop the subject regardless after this drop the subject the new channel q drop the subject presents News it or lose it. Ah, yes, it's that time. News it or lose it is commencing right now. Welcome to all the John Duran listeners. This is News It or Lose It, where I pitch three stories and James newses or loses whatever he chooses. You got your clinker? Got it. Perfect. All right. Here is your first headline, James. Here's what Dolly Parton's bedtime stories are sounding like. Anything Dolly Parton at this, because she's a little crazy anyway. And then if she's going crazy like the rest of us, like if she has quarantine brain, I'm all for it. Absolutely. I'm down for it, too. All right. Headline number two. um, We know this is an update. We now know who the person is that was stuffing pornographic Easter eggs into people's mailboxes. Oh, totally. Is it? Well, Okay. yeah. Yep. (laughs) And then headline number three, pony missing for a month found safe. Oh, I'm glad she's safe, but I'm going to lose her. (laughs) (laughs) Pony missing. Who steals a pony? All right. Right. And then just for a month, like that's it. Yeah. Now, you know what? I've had enough. This is actually a lot of work. (laughs) I'm going to like pony. Okay, Uh, Dolly Parton has started her Good Night with Dolly series, and it's basically her sitting in a bed with a storybook reading to the little children's or adults, because let's face it, a lot of adults need this right now. Uh Uh-huh. Absolutely. 
So here's what it is sounding like. Uh, This is episode two. The book might seem a little bit familiar. Back through the years, I go wandering once again. Back to the seasons of my youth. I recall a box of rags that someone gave us and how my mama put the rags to use. There were rags of many colors, but every piece was small, and I didn't have a coat, and it was way down in the fall. So this is the story, Coat of Many Colors. It is the story, Coat of Many Colors, and she is a fantastic storyteller. Isn't she? I mean, mean, in in general, like off the cuff, she's a great storyteller, but like her reading stories now, I just, I feel like we should cancel the rest of the show and just listen to Dolly. Mama sewed the rags together, so in every piece with love, she made my coat of many colors that oh. I was so proud of. Oh, uh, I'm super As happy she right sewed, now. <laughs> she told a story. Now, you have problems sleeping. Would you listen to this to fall asleep? Not a coat of uh, many colors. Yes, because it's very soothing to me, but I love Dolly so much that I think I'd stay awake, so it would be like a hard thing, you know? Yeah, also, like, these are children's stories, so it'll probably be over. Like, this is, I think this clip is, like, three minutes long, and it's the whole book. <laughs> just have to like do it on repeat. <laughs> my, my latest. Speaking of, uh, Chris has been listening to Lucy Liu read stories. Whoa! Uh, to go to sleep. She is fantastic. I completely believe it. I always, I always wonder what she's been up to because she's one of my favorites, and I feel like she's never in anything. But she's so she's also, just reading people's stories. Well, I feel like she's one of those people that's low key, like super busy. Like she has lots of projects going on. They're just not like ginormous big ones. But one of them is reading stories on the call map. Reading stories on the call map. Yeah. So there's an app called. Oh, Calm. oh the call. Oh, Calm, the Calm app. app. Yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah. I would totally listen to her tell stories. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. More than like. Who's the guy that's always doing it? Um, Matthew McConaughey. I, oh, Morgan Matthew Freeman McC- I can handle, but then Matthew McConaughey, I'm like, no, I'm all fine. Right, all right, all right. Yeah, I mean, it's nice <laughs> and it's funny, but I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't like really need to hear him being like, and then I found a coat. Um, <laughs> all right, you let's get to... You should do Holly Hunter reading us stories to go to bed. <gasps> that would I be... I can do that. Again. But It'd like really awesome. messed up stories, like this next one. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so this probably was not the care package most people were hoping for amid the coronavirus outbreak we talked about this earlier in the week somebody was leaving pornographic eggs in people's mailboxes and (laughs) let me explain this is this takes place in florida that should clear a lot of things up Uh people were uh, going to their mailboxes during the day they would see that the little mail flag was up and then they would open the mailbox to see uh, you know, containers allegedly included with food items, a small amount of toilet paper, and pornographic images. Well, now they have made an arrest. It is an old lady. No, it's not. <laughs> yes. That's great. This is what happens when you get quarantined at any age. You go a little cuckoo. Yep, and I'm going to show you her picture. Stop so it. she I'm basically. So She's like a a middle-aged to older woman. She looks like she's in her early 60s, I would say. And she's got like half gray, half blonde hair. Like she has been growing it out. Like she's been in quarantine for a while and she Uh hasn't been able to dye her hair and it's just driving her nuts. Uh Uh-huh. 
And uh, so they've received numerous calls from residents throughout this county saying that they found these Easter eggs in their mailboxes. And so they finally made an arrest. And it is this woman. Why? Why (laughs) Why are we arresting her, though? This is what I want to know. In the middle of a pandemic, don't we have lots of other things going on, like people breaking into people's businesses or being Instacart jerks? Like, can we just the old lady with the porn? No, she's not old. Middle aged lady with the porn in the mailboxes. Just let her go, guys. I know. Not worth it. And people do need a little pick me up. And some people would really enjoy a little egg full of porn images. I mean, I know I would. hey Drop the subject on the new Channel Q. James Simmons, guest co-hosting with your Allie Johnson. Uh, coming up in just a little bit, actually, we have Dr. Jen, because it's Friday, and we are talking to Dr. Jen about being in quarantine and how we all feel horrible about not being productive, and maybe... That's okay. Uh, Yeah, it's like when to just not be productive and when to actually push yourself to be productive. I feel like that's kind of a a balance that a lot of people are trying to figure out right now. It it is, and it's a hard balance. And Dr. Jen, as always, is so fantastic and fabulous. She's going to help us clear that up. So we're talking to her uh, in the next hour. But right now, it's Friday, and that means (laughs) Rebecca Black or Ice Cube. No, (laughs) no. Don't do it. It means it's time for Gayest News Headlines. That's right, James, because we scour the news every week. And, uh, you know, sometimes when we come across headlines, we're like, wow, that sounds really, really gay. So it's important that we highlight those gay news headlines and we leave it up to you for your voting pleasure to decide the official gayest news headline of the week. It was tough this week, but we did narrow it down to four finalists. James, what are some of the finalists so that we can put them up over the weekend on Instagram story and people can uh, decide once and for all the gayest news headline of the week? Yes, of course, we always want you to vote. Headline number one for your voting pleasure. Tight end returns after colon surgery. Oh, that's got to be a tough comeback. <laughs> hey, who doesn't love a type? Uh, you said comeback. <laughs> I get you. I'm, I'm smelling what you're cooking there, Allie Johnson. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Would you have a, our next one? Uh, condom truck tips spills load. Oh, oh. <laughs> Why are there still condom trucks making deliveries right now? Uh, correct. Also, is that essential business? Uh, well, apparently, because if you get, ended up getting quarantined with the, your last hookup and you just you can't leave, you know, like hey, you get you know run out of condoms. I guess that's true. I guess if you need, yeah, and you definitely want to make, make make sure you're protected because you don't want a corona baby. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, listen. Headline number three, I totally disagree with, but is very gay and appropriate. Being named ass man isn't all it's cracked up to be. Uh, I love the use of the word cracked in this context. Uh-huh. There's a very, very subtle sly in there. We like that one. That was uh, number three. And the final headline, Allie Johnson. Purple haired lesbian goddess flattens France like a crepe. <laughs> I think this... Just- like overtly gay, like not even subtle, just like. No, some of them are actually gay and some of them just sound gay. But this one is flat out gay and probably my favorite of the year so far. Yep, I'm loving that one. So tight end returns after colon surgery, condom truck tips, spills load, being named ass man isn't all it's crack up to be or purple haired lesbian goddess flattens France like a crepe. We want to hear from you. You will vote this weekend at DTS show on Twitter or Instagram. We will get those up for you to vote. 
My God, we need therapy. Thank God we're talking to Dr. Jen after this. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, welcome back to Drop the Subject with Allie and James Simmons, nurse practitioner, soon to be Dr. Simmons. And figured, since you're about to be a doctor, why not talk to Dr. Jen Mann? Hey, hey, one of our favorite Dr. Dr. Jen Mann. Dr. Jen, welcome back. Thank you. Great to see you guys. You know, I love your Instagram posts that you just put up recently. It's a picture of your broken nail and it says four weeks into quarantine, <laughs> things are, are, are mess here aesthetically. I've never been so happy to have my own nails and not get regular <laughs> manicures as I am right now. I bet. I bet. Also, those are the things that kind of make you feel cute and pretty and then you're like well I don't have access to go to the beauty salon or to get my nails done and it does kind of add up uh, mental health wise right and I have to say look I was hesitant to do the post because I know that this is a very serious time there are people who are very ill there are people who are losing loved ones and I really hesitated and at the same time I really felt like this is what's real over here like yes I we're all incredibly anxious we're all dealing with loss of income, with fears of getting the virus, with conflicts at home, with being self-quarantined, with all this sort of stuff, worrying about our loved ones. And at the same time, I kind of like, I kept looking at my hands and these broken nails and, you know, I have acrylics and gels. I don't even know how to take them off. And I just, (laughs) I feel a mess. Like it, it, the world is a mess. I'm feeling a mess. I talk a lot about self-care and this is a, this is a self-care issue. And I can't be the only one who's going through this. And I posted and I got so many responses and people were amazing talking about how they give me tips about how to take off acrylic nails or how they're coloring their hair or, you know, face masks they're using. And, and it was really, it was really nice because I think that it, it just kind of one of those silly little things that does help you feel better. And it was nice that everyone shared their tips. I give a lot of tips to people about mental health and about self-care. And it was really nice to kind of turn the tables and get a lot of great tips from other people. Literal tips, acrylic tips. Yes. (laughs) Right, actual tips. Yeah. You really are onto something, Dr. Jen, in terms of like, I think that this is one of those times, you know, we've all been talking a lot about in the last few years, like authenticity and being real and, and being true to yourself. But I feel like that's shining through so much more now because we're almost being forced to be that way. And so no one can post the fake phony edited picture from, you know, the Eiffel Tower, uh, you know, on their Instagram and they or, can't be- Or mural like, of wings. Right, yeah. yeah, or like, I'm at this party or whatever. Like, people are just having to, like, because we know we're calling everyone's BS. Yeah. And yeah. it's starting to really feel like, okay, I'm having a hard time being productive. I'm having a hard time keeping myself together. Like, I, you know, I shave my own head. And I can't, for some reason, it's been the most glorious thing in the last few weeks where I'm like, oh my gosh, I shaved my head and it feels great. Like, I'm like, (laughs) yeah, I know. Let's all just group shave. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Jen, we wanted to talk to you about being productive during your self-quarantine and during these shelter in place orders, because, you know, people have been in their homes for a few weeks now, and there's a lot of talk of people, uh, taking up old hobbies or getting through those to-do lists that you've had for a year and a half. But then there's this other aspect of not wanting to be productive. And is that okay? Where do you stand on this, Dr. Jen? I know a lot of people kind of use productivity as a coping mechanism sometimes. I know I can kind of thrive in a productive environment, but then also 
feel like I'm putting too much pressure on yourself on myself. So what advice are you giving to your patients? I think that there's a balance. And I think that you have to really look at what's going on for you, where your mental health is at. A lot of people are very depressed and very anxious right now. And that, well, there are times where during this self-quarantine where, yes, I think it's really important to have some downtime, to take a day off from working and pushing, to do your best to kind of relax, to do a Netflix binge, or, you know, you've got a, a, a neighborhood that you can walk in safely, and that's what you're following to kind of do whatever it is that helps relax you. That is important. At the same time, I think that sometimes, when, especially when we're not doing well, it can be a slippery slope where we the Netflix binge turns into a Saturday, which turns into a Sunday, which turns into a Monday. And now I'm not turning in my assignment for work. And now I'm, my job is at stake. And, and I think that there's a balance. And we also have to look at how do we feel at the end of whatever it is that we're doing or not doing. And to think about what those repercussions are, that if, you, if it feels good to lay on the couch for a few hours, and at the end of it, you're going to feel relaxed and rejuvenated, go for it. But if you're extending it, and at the end of it, you feel lazy, you feel lethargic, you feel depressed, then it's not to your benefit. And I'm a big believer in using this time to better ourselves. And whether it is reading self-help books, you know, getting the therapy that you have put off, because a lot of therapists are now doing teletherapy that wouldn't otherwise, you know, even for first sessions. I'm a big believer in you know, actually getting into those projects that you put off. I, I reorganized my legging drawer finally. <laughs> yeah, it, that it's these little things that we do. I mean, look, last night I was cleaning my bathroom counter for like an hour. Yeah, been there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you're like, why not an hour? It doesn't matter if it's an hour or a half an hour. I was like, I put this off for four weeks. It's every time I look at it, it's disgusting. And and I feel bad and it's hurting my mood. And I was like, I'm in here cleaning my face. I might as well clean the counter too. And I just went for it. And at the end, I felt such a sense of satisfaction. And I think it's important that people look at what can you do that will give you a sense of mastery, a sense of self-efficacy, a sense of completing things? Because what happens when we just go down that rabbit hole of, I'm just going to relax. I'm just going to get through this. I, you know, I, I'm just going to, you know, stay alive, even if it means eating junk food and binging on Netflix. We have to really look at what does that do to our emotional state? I got enormous satisfaction at the end of it, when I looked at my counter and I had a clean counter, as silly as it sounds, right now, anything that gives you satisfaction and makes you feel like you're accomplishing something is good. Find a balance. As usual, Dr. Jen, we have many more questions for you. So we're going to keep you around. We're going to take a break. And we're talking about being productive during self-isolation with Dr. Jen Mann, licensed psychotherapist, and definitely want to pick up her book, The Relationship Fix. I have it physically in my possession. It has been on my bookshelf and I'm putting it to good use. Uh, We continue with Dr. Jen after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, we're chatting with our favorite Dr. Jen Mann, licensed psychotherapist. You can follow her at Dr. Jen Mann on Twitter and on Instagram for all kinds of tips, especially useful now. And we're talking about being productive when you are self-isolating. Some people feeling more productive than ever. Other people have their list of things that they want to be productive and do is getting longer and longer, but then it's tough finding the motivation to do those things. What kind of advice do you have for people who are not motivated, who, you know, that maybe 
the desire is there to get some things done, but then you're waking up and just feeling like, no. First of all, make small manageable goals. So don't say I am going to, you know, write my whole dissertation tonight, or I'm going to exercise seven days a week for an hour a day. Like make it small incremental things, you know, like we were talking about earlier, the three of us that like Peloton has this 90 day free download of the app. As you guys know, I'm obsessed with my Peloton. And most people realize you don't need the bike or the tread that you can take these classes on the floor and all that sort of stuff. I was talking to a girlfriend the other day who was complaining to me that she hasn't been able to work out. She just hasn't been motivated. Start, take a five minute class, you know, take a five minute class twice this week and then build on the habits, really start small, small manageable goals are really the key to any goal setting, whether it's in quarantine or not, because what starts to happen is you start to associate yourself with being a person who keeps their goals and who keeps their promises to themselves, which is self-esteem enhancing, which then creates this positive cycle. So, so that's the first thing. The second thing is don't wait to feel like doing it. And all too often, people wait to feel motivated. They wait to feel like cleaning the counter. I didn't feel like cleaning the counter that I told you about last night. The last thing in the world I wanted to do at midnight was clean the counter. But I thought about how am I going to feel at the end of this? So that's the question you want to start to ask yourself. How am I going to feel if I accomplish this? Well, if I take that five-minute abs class, I'm going to feel great. Well, if I clean off that counter, if I write a page of my work, I'm going to feel really good. So I'm just going to do it. And sometimes we just have to bite the bullet because oftentimes starting is harder than actually doing. And once you get started, especially if you're a writer, that like once you get started and you write that first paragraph, you tend to get on a roll. You tend to get into what we call flow, which is that mental state where it starts to become more effortless. So really to not wait to feel like it, small manageable goals and just get yourself to do it. I think there's something to Dr. Jen. I, I love all of that. One of the things that that happens, I think, for a lot of people, particularly when we have an excess amount of time, is that it makes it much more difficult to prioritize. So we've been, you know, we're so used to being like, okay, I have 47 and a half minutes. That means I can get a 30 minute workout in and I can still shower and still be back on that call. You know, wh when we're structured, it's easier. And sometimes I think yep. what's overwhelming is, well, I want to work out. I want to ride a little bit. I, I need to clean the house. I probably should take the dog for a walk. I probably should try to dye my hair. I probably should try to do this. I need to repaint that wall. I, right. And the list yep. stacks up. Right. And so sometimes I think where, where I get caught personally is how do I prioritize this? Like right now, I'm just like, you know what? Sleep, eat, pee, like basic yep. human function. Right. Whereas... <laughs> Do you have any sort of tricks about how when we're, we're, we have all this extra time, which feels overwhelming, and then we have all of these things that we know that we could be doing that might help us feel better, but it feels overwhelming? How do we prioritize those? It's a, it's a great question. And the key is structure. You know, the key to getting through this quarantine, I believe, is providing structure for ourselves. I talk a lot about it when it comes to kids, but it is just as applicable to adults. I recommend everybody plan out their day, their week. And, you know, their month, if, if, depending on what's going on in your life, but at the very least to plan the night before some of the things that I do to keep me on track. First of all, I'm obsessed with my planner. I keep a paper planner. I'm an old fashioned kind of gal. And so I write things down. Um, two is the night before I put out my clothes to work out, which guarantees mm -hmm. a workout. Three, I work out first thing in the morning because I just want to get it over with when you put off working out 
it's too easy to not do it. So just get up whatever time you need to do before your first meeting of the day, before your kids get up, whatever it is you need to do to accomplish it, just do it. Like the old Nike slogan. Um, mm-hmm. Also to really to write out whatever your work schedule is, if you're working from home, if you're working on a project, whatever housekeeping you need to do, make out a list of that and really look at where can you fit that in. Okay, I have a a Skype meeting with my boss at one o'clock. I'm going to put the laundry in before and then I'm going to fold it afterwards. Whatever it is that you need to do, write it out. Because like you're saying, that long list that you just mentioned when it's just floating out there, it's overwhelming. You're unlikely to get to all of it. But if you plan it out, you're more likely to get to it, but also to be realistic, to really look at, okay, it takes this long to do this activity, that long. And you're more likely to say, okay, I'm going to pick these three things that are important to me to do in the house today and these work things, and that's what I'm going to accomplish. And then I can realistically do this other thing tomorrow. We tend to be too ambitious mm-hmm. and think do 50 things in a day, and it's just not possible. Yeah, and giving your time to do nothing in between those things, right? It's like you have one thing to the next thing. Usually you have some transition time between one and the next, and right now you're just still in the same space in the same room, and you're like, okay, <laughs> next. Dr. Jen, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, Dr. Jen Mann is a wonderful psychotherapist. You can follow her at drjenman.com. Two ends on Jen, two ends on man. Uh, you can check out and pick up the relationship fix dr jen's six-step guide to improving communication connection and intimacy which is more important than ever right now oh Uh, man is it ever yeah dr (laughs) jen always a pleasure we'll talk to you soon thank you drop the subject the new channel q Oh, drop the subject. Having some fun here on this lovely Good Friday. It is Easter weekend. A happy Passover to all of those who celebrated Passover this past week. And it is Coachella weekend one. I know it might be a tough weekend, especially for our friend Chella girl. She, like, I tried to call her and, like, check in with her earlier this week because I know she's in, like, a really dark place, Allie. And she just, like, didn't even answer the phone. I was, like, really worried about her. Yeah, I love that you said check in. Check Anne. Well, I just said I'm <laughs> checking check Anne with her. It's what are you talking on. about? And um, checking Anne with her. I just hopefully we're supposed to have a virtual happy hour later today and show like our outfits that we were going to wear. So I'll let you know if she's okay. So nasal. <laughs> I mean, it's Chala Weekend One. This oh, is like Lord, yeah. everything. So, you might be feeling FOMO more than ever this weekend. So, we thought we'd just take a moment and share with you some of the virtual events that are going on this weekend. I know for me, it's been, you know, the past few weekends have been just kind of hanging out. And this is the weekend where I'm like, I want to do stuff. Like, I mean, I've been wanting to do stuff every weekend, but. I feel like attending a real virtual event is something that is a very real possibility for me. And as you know, I am going to throw my own virtual Easter egg hunt on Sunday. I'm still working out the logistics of that. Uh, But here are just some of the many things, the virtual events that you can attend around the web this weekend. The first one, I definitely want to get in on this. Uh, um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, the one from uh, Fleabag, she, you know, Fleabag is a fantastic show. It's a really easy watch. If you haven't watched it yet, I highly recommend. Also, it was an adaptation of her solo show, which was an award-winning solo show. And she is putting the theatrical production 
of the solo show up on Amazon this weekend and on some other platforms. So if you want to screen and watch the actual solo show that inspired the TV show, I am so going to watch this this weekend. Yeah, I, I'm totally in it. I may even make, make me want to then go back and watch Fleabag again because it's that good, you know, those seasons. There's also this Coachrilla quarantine sessions in honor of Coachella. Um, no. So this, <laughs> this weekend, Friday to Sunday, more than 100 musical acts, Allie, including Migos, Marshmallow, Pipple, Snoop Dogg, Wyclef John, and R- Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose? <laughs> womp womp. I was like totally into this until they said Ruby Rose, I'm but they are dance. putting together, right, like I'm not sure what she's doing. Um, no, she's she can sing. stand there. She could sing. She could sing. Remember, she sang in Pitch Perfect 3. Um, oh, she's... no, I didn't remember that. <laughs> yeah, she did. She did all right. Uh, listen, they're doing a digital music festival to raise money for COVID-19 relief. So if you want to do something fun and uh, get your cello on a little bit and also help raise money for a good cause, that's going to be on the Triller apps youtube channel get it co-trilla quarantine session so go to them on youtube you can get some uh, good music this weekend now i think we should go a little further when it comes to coachella there are a lot of ladies out there who are dying to make some flower crowns maybe we oh. could create a little virtual flower crown making session or a tutorial uh, maybe mm-hmm. we can do a little at home photo booth because photo booths and flower crowns along with overpriced drinks are what make Coachella Coachella don't forget the flowy something a little bit revealing sundress thing going with on like a Native American feather too just to like correct and cowboy the, boots mm-hmm, just like the weird confusing cultural appropriation right, appropriation message. uh-huh yeah. yeah just just in case because you know we're there well Coachella happens on native lands Allie we're like honoring those people <laughs> so, oh my god <laughs> I can't even believe how horrible I am speaking this of horrible this is for you Native Americans right. shot <laughs> guys no i'm kidding this is not horrible for those of you this is channel q's audience by the way and we have a bunch of drag we've had a bunch of drag queens on the station just period lately and uh it's ruse drag race of course going on the latest season but if you want to check out the digital drag fest 2020 you can go to digitaldragfest.com or that's digital drag fest on instagram they're doing a whole shindig it actually kicked off last weekend and they're doing more things this weekend all of your favorite drag queens from rupaul's drag race and otherwise you are can have a boozy brunch with them this weekend to celebrate easter um one thing that i'm really excited about as well i don't know if you watch bob's burgers but they're doing an online trivia night and i would love i was watching because i usually watch it every night while i'm making dinner just because it's something great to have on in the background i've seen every episode and it says test your knowledge of the animated fox show from the comfort of your couch and you can play two rounds of of trivia there's even a trivia episode which is a great episode and uh-huh. um, it starts at around 7 p.m., second round at 7.45, and it's eight bucks to participate. I think that's really fun. We will put this uh, link out on Twitter because there's a, there's a great list here just of a bunch of things that you can partake in. Yeah, that would be um, fantastic. You know, I have a friend who used to date the voice of Linda. Really? We should, yeah, we should bring him on. That would be I would amazing. love to talk to Linda. Linda. Can we talk to Linda? We can totally talk to Linda. He's apparently a really nice guy and lives lives here in LA. I bet we're going we're to work on that. We're going to try to bring that to you. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> I would Wouldn't love that, be great? that. 
Early yeah. birthday present, please. Uh, uh, you got it. Okay. So drag brunches and uh, live solo shows, Trilla, uh, all kinds of things that you can do this weekend to keep yourself occupied. Uh, we have more Drop the Subject on the horizon. We're going to be getting to... Oh, look at that. Jesse's movie review of Some uh, Like It Hot. Young epic. people watching old movies. <laughs> Next. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject with Allie and James Simmons. And something that we decided to kick off this week was young people watching old movies. Our producer, Jesse, is uh, younger than us by, I'd say, a good decade, right? Uh, oh, at least. Yeah. At, at least. Maybe maybe even 15 years. Uh-huh. And there were certain people that, you know, we just casually mention in conversation, like, oh, you know, remember that Weird Al song? And he'd be like, who's that? And we're like, gah. <laughs> <laughs> Even really big celebrities, you know, like I like, question whether or not he knows who Whitney Houston is. But seriously, or like, yeah, like Celine Dion, like <laughs> you're like, oh, you know, who is right. the greatest singer in the world from Canada ever? You know, Quebec and she's yeah. Celine Dion. Who's Celine Dion? Yeah. Ooh, oh, she's the one Jessie. with that old lady that sings the old heart song in the ocean. Yeah. So yeah. we decided, you know, he he pitched this idea of doing spoiler alerts where he would spoil the endings of movies that you should have seen by now. But when we debuted it, you guys were more interested in hearing Jesse review movies in general <laughs> because it was so anticlimactic and awkward. <laughs> Right. So let me let me say this is just for the record. Drop the subject, listeners. You asked for this. Yeah, you this said. Is, I, yeah, this is the people speaking. The so. people want to hear Jesse's monotone, boring, mm -hmm. lifeless voice. <laughs> review old movies in 30 seconds or less. So because we care about you here on Drop the Subject, we went with a nomination that you gave us and his first mm. movie assignment was Some Like It Hot. So he watched it last night and reviewed it and he created a 30 second review with an intro and an outro. So without further, uh, further ado, ladies and gentlemen, this is Jesse, our producer's review for young people watching old movies. Drop the Subject presents Young People Watching Old Movies. So, these two broke-ass musicians are looking for work in sober Chicago. They walk into this garage and get some guns pulled on them. Instead of being like, nah, I'll turn around and leave, they go, oh, I'm gonna go hide in this corner while this mob boss comes in and kills y'all. So to get out of town and away from the mob boss, they dress up like dames and join an all-women's band. And those women were me, because no one told them that foundation was not their color. And in that band, there was Marilyn Monroe, who was a ukulele player, which is like, why? So the three of them, and the band spend the next like two hours in the movie chilling in Florida until the mob shows up for no reason. And then the three of them plus the one rich dude get on the yacht and are like, bye, end of the movie. This has been young people watching old movies. He's looking at you, kid. I, also, I can't handle, there's so much to unpack here, by the way. the first, Can we start with the use of the word dame? That well, was Okay, because I have I still I said I would see the movie and I didn't get a chance to last night because I had virtual uh -huh. goddess moon circle. But uh, as somebody who has seen the movie and knows too. it well, is this a good <laughs> recap? So surprisingly, I'm listening very intently because I, this was the first time that I had heard it. And it, he actually does a really pretty good job. <laughs> so, that's so, basically it. The, the movie. Like, honestly, that's essentially what happens. There are lots of confusing things like. Why is Marilyn Monroe playing the ukulele in a jazz band? I will give him that. Um, 
There's also, you know, he he pokes at the foundation thing, like it wasn't their color, but one of the yeah, that was the gayest statement in the recap. Yeah. Absolutely. The straight producer guy has the, yeah, yeah. The, the big gay statement. But, you know, it's pretty obvious that these two men are not women throughout the entire movie. It's just, it's painfully obvious. They're not passing. No. And I think that's part of the original movie's charm. Like they did that on purpose because everyone's just so dumb, including the mob and like whatever. But at the end of the day, I mean, I kind of want to know how can someone like Jesse actually get this right? Like, I wish he could talk to us and let us know how he actually was able to figure that well, out. Well, yeah, I know. It's kind of, but, but I will say it's been kind of nice knowing that there's no way that he can chime into these conversations because of the way that everything's set up. So I, I, I actually have, I have a mic. I've had one this whole time. Um, uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> Y'all just okay. don't let me talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. So wait a minute. Uh, You've the, been able producer to. Producer Jesse. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everyone. So you've been able to talk this entire time when we're saying that you're not able to talk with us berating you and you never chimed in to defend yourself? I've tried. You guys keep muting me. Oh, I don't even know how I'm uh, doing that, yeah. but I guess that's just second nature. Are you sure you're not muting yourself, JC? Jesse? Okay, well then, since you can talk and okay, we, this apparently is someone let you out of your cage, we should ask you about... Like, well, do, I, do you know, remember which of the characters, you know, one of the two men who played the the main characters is, is gay. Gay, well, came out as gay before he died. Oh. Do you know which one it was? Um, no. I'll give you a, I can sing the Jeopardy song if you want me to Google, but were you, <laughs> would you be surprised that either of those men were gay? Um, I mean, they're acting in the movie, so like I can't judge what they're they're doing in real life because they're playing a role in the movie. So that that doesn't really correlate to what they do in real life. Uh-huh. Yes, it does. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, my question for you is: Does your roommate now think you're gay? Because um, you were watching this in the living room alone on the couch. Uh, we were supposed to watch Onward, and then I went to go watch this, and he was like, mm, "Never mind." <laughs> Okay. So it's like, I'm just not. So did you, did this in, encourage a fondness for old movies? I mean, this is a great movie. You have like three huge Hollywood icons in this movie. Are you going to enjoy watching more old movies? I mean, you guys are going to make me watch old movies. So I better, I might as well get used to it. Ah, very good, Jesse. Your opinion does not matter. Well, um, when we come <laughs> back, we're actually going to put Jesse's acting chops to the test. Uh, we are going to give you a rendition of an Easter story, the tomb, the empty tomb of Jesus Christ. We, you might be not be able to attend an Easter service, so we bring Easter to you after this. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. And now we get to my favorite portion of today's show. It is Good Friday. It's Easter weekend. This is the weekend that Jesus became a zombie. He died and then he rose from the dead. And while you might not be able to attend Easter services this weekend, which is a bummer, and if you are attending Easter services in a church, no. Don't. No, please. Don't. Just. I. Just, it's okay. Jesus will forgive you if this is the Easter That's his gimmicks, thing. I, I promise. Yeah, yeah. That is kind of his thing. Yeah. Exactly. So we figured maybe we could curb some of people's desires to get out of the house and see some of those famous Easter skits that are usually done by seven-year-olds. And we will bring you the story of the empty tomb right here on the airwaves of Channel Q. 
This is fantastic. And since we've let Jesse out of his cage and given him a microphone, he's going to play along too. Yeah, he's already been cast in something. Unbelievable. Getting work already. So this is uh, the story of the empty tomb. We are doing this as an Easter spectacular here on Drop the Subject. There are several roles, so why don't we assign them now before we get started? There are two narrators. James, I thought you and I could split those. Sure, that that would make sense. Okay. Mary Magdalene, I figured, would be a great part for Jesse. Of course. He has been had a, a shameful past, like <laughs> Mary Magdalene did. Yeah, and uh, he was referring to women as dames earlier, so he has been cast as a dame. <laughs> as a dame, very good, uh-huh. There are two angels and a disciple named Thomas. Figured you could tackle those. Okay, I can be, oh, because I'm so angelic? Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. Of course. And that bald head has a halo right above it. <laughs> Doesn't it all the time? No, and, that's oil. Um, and, <laughs> and because I have a five o'clock shadow, I will be playing the role of Jesus. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. You, you are the one. You rise from the dead today, Allie. Show <laughs> us your best. All right. Here we go. The Easter Spectacular. Drop the subject presents the empty tomb. I'm going to read narrator one as Holly Hunter, okay? Oh, oh, (laughs) please do. Imagine yourself in the worst of all possible situations. Imagine yourself as one of the disciples. Or as one of the women who followed Jesus. (laughs) Imagine that he is no longer among you because he is dead. You saw him die. You saw them bury him in the tomb. There is no doubt. There is no hope. There is no future. You huddle together behind a locked door, fearing that those who tortured and killed him would come and find you next. What will happen to you, to your family, to your friends? This is so dark. There is no doubt. There is no hope. There is no future. You heard him say when he was alive that the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. But you've forgotten those words, or at least they hold no hope for you now. (laughs) The horror of the crucifixion is still fresh in your mind. You see and hear him in agony there, dying right in front of you when there was nothing you could do. You think about your part in all of it and wonder what you could have done differently. You've been frightened and hiding for days, but now it's Sunday. And the lights come up and narrator continues. Early on the first day of the week, while it was dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. Oh my gosh. So then she came running to Simon Peter and Simon Peter. So it's a Two first name type of deal? It's, uh uh-huh, yeah. Okay. It's totally a thing. It was a thing then. Okay. And to the other disciple, one Jesus loved and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Jesse, you got to fem it up a little. Come on, you got to make it. Yeah, she's also excited, Jesse. Yeah. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. Wow. Oh, boy. Okay. um, Anyway. I'm going to blow right past that one. The other (laughs) disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Oh, then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. (gasps) He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth (gasps) that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. 
finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. <gasps> he saw and believed. Oh. They still did not understand, Allie, from scripture. Sorry, Helena. Sorry. No, wait. Narrator right, one. I'm listening. That Jesus yeah, had to rise from the dead. He had to. <gasps> then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Oh, oh. wow. That's anticlimactic. Now Mary stood yeah. outside the tomb crying. Oh. This is so sexist. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been. One at the head of the other, uh, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Crying, 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 crying. They have taken my Lord away. Higher, please higher pitch. They have taken my Lord away. That's just louder. (laughs) (laughs) That was just louder. Come on. Yeah, line. Go ahead. They have taken my... There you go. They have taken my Lord away, she said. I don't know where they put him. (laughs) You're not supposed to read the she said part. (laughs) (laughs) It's in. It's, it's there. At That's this, uh-huh. all right, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking that he was the gardener, she said, The gardener? <laughs> yes, the gardener. Sir, have you carried him away? Tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. Oh, I, that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Mary... It's me, Jesus. Rabini. <laughs> it's Raboni, but yeah. And I, I don't know what a Raboni is. It says Raboni in the script. I don't know if that's like a type of pasta well, that's kosher. You, you, it sounds like it, but you actually explain it in the next line. Oh. <laughs> Do not hold on to me. I'm Jesus. For I have not ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news very excitedly. I have seen the Lord. Okay. Oh, okay. And anyway, <laughs> she told them that she <laughs> prostitutes. Am I right? No. I mean, uh, sex hey. workers, sex workers. Okay. Sex, sex positive. Uh, and she told them that she had these things to, uh, that she had, that he had said these things to her. All right, this is this Insert. is getting a, a little long. Should we should we take a break and continue with our grand finale after after a little we, break? We have a huge finale coming up. Okay, by the way, and we'll explain what Raboni means after this. Okay, yes. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Welcome back to part two of the Easter Spectacular here on Drop the Subject. We are bringing Easter to you since you can't go to church this weekend. And we are smack dab in the middle of the story of the empty tomb. But we have some casting changes. First of all, I just want to let you know that I skipped a line in the last read and uh, skipped a very important line. In Aramaic, the word Raboni means teacher. So just wanted to put that out there. It's kind of important because, you know, Mary yells this, Raboni! And we're like, why is she yelling? Is it pasta? No, it means teacher. (laughs) Yeah. We're like, Mary has Tourette's. Um, And we're also making a casting change, right, James? Unfortunately, due to an unforeseen illness... The role of Jesus in the second act will now be played by Jesse. QL, the audience members getting up and walking out. And here we go. Okay, part two Theater commences. And, <laughs> and go. House lights and scene. 
on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Speaking yeah, a little, little quicker on the uptake there, <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. <laughs> put your fingers here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it by my side. What are you saying? This is not even on the second. script. What are you it's saying? Even, are you, he, Jesus is reading another, right? Is Peace there a different Jesus script that you're, did you just open the Bible? What are you doing? <laughs> it's just I'm, said, I'm, whatever, Jesus, you just don't get to just do what you want to do just because you Just because you Jesus. I, okay. I was a page ahead. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> oh very Lord. good. So Jesus can read. All right. All right. Okay. Can, I, I, could Jesus read? I think, uh, yes, I believe Jesus was, you know, the, literate. The, the, I think so. Yeah. I mean, he was turning water into wine. He could at least read. Okay. All right. Continue on, Jesse Jesus. Again, Jesus Jesus has been recast as Allie again. (laughs) Yes. Again, Jesus said. Peace be with you. Again, (laughs) Jesus. As the Father has sent me, I am sending. Thank you. Okay. Oh my God. Crying out loud. And with that, he breathed on them and said, More? Go on. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they are not forgiven. I mean, forgiven is a really like a theme going on here because we're going to have to work on some forgiveness of Jesse. I feel like this is just like a school play. I feel like, like yeah, you're right. (laughs) Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, meaning twin, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. (sighs) Thomas, shaking his head in disbelief, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Good job, Thomas. Uh, thank you, because it sounds a lot like narrator too. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. There you put go. your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it on into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Oh. My Lord and my God. <gasps> because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. All right. Well, I was a believer until we did this. Uh, In closing, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Close curtain. Wow. Well, thank you. Okay. All right. So, you know what um, I've learned today, James? Uh huh. Yeah. If Jesus, oh, tell me. (laughs) If Jesus had Jesse's personality, I don't think he would have had so many disciples. No, not not even (laughs) twelve. There would have been one person who's like, I think he's cool. I I mean, we can we can like um play play video games. (laughs) You want to play video games? Uh, So there you have it. That is just one of many stories that are being told this weekend of Jesus, his death and his resurrection. Happy Easter to you all and happy Passover, which was also earlier this week. And I hope we at least I don't really know what we did if we accomplished anything here. Um, But 
whatever. The great thing about radio is that we can move on to the next thing. News that are lucid <laughs> is on deck. Just please, please keep listening. <laughs> Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. This is James Simmons. Still guest co-hosting with your Allie Johnson. It's Friday. We just heard the Easter story. Oh, boy. Bunny ears are bleeding. <laughs> that was that was something else. Uh, but now it is time, we, since we have moved on from that and maybe to never look back on it again, uh, we have now come to one of our favorite parts of the show we do every day. News it or lose it. Allie, do you have your dinger ready? Oh, mm, uh, hold on, hold on. Oh, that's oh marginally better than yesterday. <laughs> oh, no, uh, really? <laughs> marginally. Uh, in this section of the section, that's not a great word, of the show, uh, I give Allie three headlines. She decides whether or not we news them or lose them, and then we talk about them, and they're usually uh, pretty good. So, Allie, headline number one. Actress who played Disney's Moana just came out as bisexual. No, really? Nice. Yes, really. I think we now know where she'll go. <laughs> Very good. Nice Moana reference. Um, there is a new green dress, gray dress. Oh, uh, Lord. Controversy on the internet. Floating bin divides internet, as some say it's a result of being in lockdown for too long. <laughs> sure. I'm down for another Sweet. gray dress. I mean, I've got the time to look at the p- new yeah, pictures, so sure. We can look at it. Uh-huh. This one is maybe not quite as controversial because there's a way to, well, we'll get to it. Anyway, and uh, the last, your last headline, mom who gave birth during coronavirus lockdown calls child COVID Bryant. Oh, stop it. Lose it. Lose it. <laughs> if you're all... one of the nurses who's like, what do you want to name? Like, you have to step in at that point I th- I and think say no. Too. Like, honey, honey, no. Like in a very Karen Walker sort of way. Like, honey, I'm doing this for you. Honey, honey. What's this? Yeah. <laughs> honey, honey. Uh, <laughs> honey, honey. What's this? Okay. So we're going to go back to the actress who played uh, Disney's Moana. Just came out as bisexual. And by the way, I think that her performance at the uh, Oscars, I think it was 2016, maybe 2017, was one of the best performances I have ever seen. She's and great. At at the time, she was like 17 or 18. Because remember, she she voiced the film when she was 15, I think. And she gets whacked in the head. Oh, that's right. While singing. I don't know if you remember that. And go back and watch this on YouTube. It's great. First of all, you're like, her voice is incredible. She's like, she, you can tell she's really appreciative of the moment. She's just so, over, so overwhelmed by everything. And she's like, I can't believe like Meryl Streep's in the front row and all these people. And she's singing and she gets whacked in the head and she doesn't miss a beat the entire time. It's, it is great. And I just, if you like love, one of my things I love is I just love seeing people who are doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Like they're doing their thing. And you can tell she is supposed to be on that stage in that moment, singing that song. Like nothing was going to stop it. It's no, nothing is also going to stop her from doing what she do with anybody yeah. she wants. Cause now she is by, she posted a video. Well, she's probably been by for a long time, but in a video posted to TikTok, um, Auli- a TikTok come out. A TikTok. Well, you know, because she's still like 20-something. Yeah. You know, she's okay. young. All right. That's how the um, kids are doing it. Yeah. Ali'i Cravalo, um, who she was playing Eminem's Those Kinds Nights, apparently, which includes lyrics that describe a conversation between the, the protagonist and a woman. The woman comes out as bi. And when the speaker says, checking out the chick, the woman responds, so am I. Carvalho limp sync the words. And then if it wasn't clear enough, 
Twitter was asking her if she likes girls, to which she responded, if I may escort you to my TikTok. Ah, that's so pretty sexy. I mean, like I know that, yeah. she's a lot younger than I am, so I don't want to come off pervy, but that's, I, I mean, I'm looking at the Twitter feed now and someone's saying, wait, you're telling me the one female voice actor I've ever had a crush on is in the LGBT community. I think it's really important to denote that a Disney princess of sorts is coming out. Yeah, like like she is not even of sorts. She is a Disney princess. And yeah. like she's huge and she's coming out. I think this is fantastic. And she has she's had a lot of work since then. She's been really consistent in the in the sort of the Disney sphere and doing really well. So I'm really proud of her that, you know, at a young age, even in the as her career sort of is starting to blossom more so that she's fearing not being afraid of of coming out as bi. So welcome. Welcome, Moana. Welcome. How far I'll go. I love that song. No one knows. No one knows. No one knows. I don't know if it's as deep, but I guess that makes sense. She's talking about the water. She's talking about the deepness of the water? Oh, okay. Yeah, how no one knows how deep it goes. Oh, okay. I thought you were changing it. Hey, no one also knows if this trash bin is floating or not, I'm just going to let you look this up. Everyone go to Google or Twitter or whatever and look for uh, Google floating bin okay. uh, because it's British. So they call their trash receptacles bins, of course. So this trash bin looks like it's floating. It's actually super cool. Oh, like There's it's floating off of the street. I can see. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I, I was and picturing like are... in a body of water and I'm like, well, of course it's floating. You're like, it's floating because it's water. No, it looks like it's like floating up off cool. of the street. Like it's like like David Blaine magic trick sort of thing, but it's not. And it's actually not floating, but it's actually really cool to look at. It will also really make you wonder if you've been in quarantine way too long. Yeah, it's David Bin. I like it. The mind-bending image. Wow. Well, why is it not floating? I don't understand. Put your finger over the shadow. Okay. And then, oh, so someone uh, just added a shadow? Well, I think the shadow was there and whatever. Anyway, well, yeah, <laughs> you guys go check it out for yourself. Floating Bin. We have happy endings coming up right after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, we've wrapped up another week here on Drop the Subject, and we've managed to accomplish so much and yet nothing at all, which is another week well spent. Right, James? What? 100%. That's exactly what you can expect to get right here and Drop the Subject on Channel Q. Mediocrity. Mm-hmm. And if you missed any of that lovely mediocrity, you can download the podcast, which is on Drop the Subject, wherever you find your podcasts, especially on radio.com. You can continue listen, uh, listening to the station all weekend long if you just tell Alexa, just boss her around, say, Alexa, play Channel Q on radio.com. She will listen to you and you can have a nice soundtrack while you clean again this weekend. Uh, um, for, for the 47th time of cleaning. Now, don't forget, today is actually Frontline Friday. Uh, radio.com is partnering with two hungry LA gals. So, for our Southern California listeners or anyone who wants to help out, you can go check out uh, the post we did on this on our Instagram. We'll also put it up on Twitter. You can Venmo two hungry LA gals and all of this goes to help support feeding healthcare workers on the front line. So we thank them as a frontline healthcare worker. I thank you very much. We are always hungry. Thank you in advance for the pizza. And the gayest news headline nominees will be up on our Instagram story as well over the weekend. We have four great finalists and you will vote on the gayest news headline of the week. And now before we get on out of here, it's time for a few happy endings. 
because it's important that we take those sad things, put a silver lining on them, and give you something positive to take into your weekend. Yes, we have discovered throughout the show today that Jesse can talk, though I'm not going to let him talk for this segment. Um, James, do you have a happy ending, good sir? Uh, do I ever? Speaking of Jesse. Oh. You know, everyone in Drop the Subject Land. Like our quarantine thoughts, you may have eaten all of your quarantine snacks and be down to eating peanut butter and broccoli for breakfast. But at least we will never have to listen to Jesse be Jesus Christ ever again. (laughs) Or Mary Magdalene. Or Mary or anything else. He goes back into the cage. Mike, off. (laughs) Well, that's a happy ending. Thank you very much, James. That's wonderful. And it perfectly transitions into my happy ending. Ah, please. Sure. Our Easter play was an S show. Even though Jesus resurrected, he's probably crawling back into his tomb right now after hearing our rendition of our Easter skit. But on the bright side, we're going to adopt the same methodology as the movie Cats. And starting this weekend, we'll, we, we will release the butthole cut of the Easter play. <laughs> as long as it doesn't include Jesse's <laughs> rear end. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's sacrilegious, so we probably won't be doing that. But no. nevertheless, have a wonderful Easter weekend. Have just a wonderful weekend in general. And we will post up those virtual things that you can participate in. Uh, there's a lot of cool virtual events going on this weekend in lieu of Coachella. And uh, being able to spend time with your friends and family this weekend. James, I will see you. Monday? I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be sure that I dominate my quarantine scorecard this weekend as well. Yeah, I see that you're fully dressed. Mm, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, Still I'll not worth that. it for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we will, uh, of course, give you an update on the scavenger hunt as well. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. On the, ne- on the next, drop the subject. You may have more alone time than you know what to do with. That's right, James. Time isn't the only thing I've got on my hands. You know what I'm saying? Oh, good. We'll be chatting with sexologist Dr. Jalen Ricks about how the LGBTQ community can stay safe and sexy in quarantine. That's right, James. Knitting isn't the only thing keeping my hands busy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yes, it is. Yes. Yes, you're right. Drop the subject. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific. 1 to 4 Eastern on Channel Q.